Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 295. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we will be here for the next two hours. 295 episodes. That kind of kind of makes it like we're going to be on like episode 300 right around Grey Cop. That's pretty similar, eh? 300 episodes. Did you guys ever honestly think that we get to 300 episodes? Wow. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And I'm amazed at the amount of people that are listening to us and the amount of people that listen to us is growing week on week. It's just amazing. And uh, awesome. I'm just really pleased that you guys like to listen to what we talk about and the way that we talk about it, because you know what? We don't hold anything back. We talk like fans. We don't talk like media people. We don't talk like we're trying to you know, impress anybody or we have to curtail to any sponsors or anything like that. I, I, I flipped the nick for the entire podcast and uh, we owe nothing to anybody. And Will, Mark, Charles, myself, Chris, and uh, anybody before or in the future that comes on the podcast, we just speak our minds. We just talk like fans and, and representing the teams that we do and representing the league that we love. And uh, I think that's what it's about, guys, because you know what? Who cares what you podcast? We're not trying to be professional media people because we're not, okay? There, I know there's other podcasts out there that try to pretend that they're media people or they're media people trying to do podcasts, which seems kind of weird. Why would you do that? Um, but, you know, hey, what the hell? We, uh, we just enjoy ourselves. We talk football and uh, don't give a shit what the hell you think of what we say. Uh, but obviously you like it because you come back over and over and over again. Uh, even though the people that bitch and whine and complain that we know nothing about football, well, why are you listening to us then? Because you do over and over. Anyhow, um, I'm good with that, and I'm happy with this. And uh, we're talking football. And, you know, one thing, Blog Talk actually got the shit together and played the intro on time and everything else and automatic. I didn't have to push any buttons. And so far, things are working up. This is looking like a good week. Well, not like last night in that football game. That sucked. But anyhow, oh, we all know that. But we didn't expect anything different. Um, well, we did because we always think that our team's going to win. But sometimes our team loses. No, most of the time our team loses. And that's why we're crossing over. We don't lose as, uh, quite as often as what uh, Edmonton did. Or actually, we kind of died with Edmonton. So uh, how can't complain with that. We crossed over and Edmonton missed the playoffs. They're gone golfing. And, uh, well, and you know what the funny thing is? Is that we lost our head coach and they haven't. That's kind of weird. Okay. So um, let's open up some mics here and see where we go. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing well. Cool. I'm just uh, sitting here and uh, I'm reading an interesting story about uh, the Edmonton Eskimos that um, looks like everything's all well and good there. Moss and Riley are going to return next year. Sure, we'll see, believe it when I see it, but whatever. I'm doing good. Cool. Hey, I'm coming down to the coast tomorrow. What are you doing? Pardon me? Tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yeah, really? Cool. I'm I'm around. I'm around all day. I'll be working. We're 
telling people. Are, you, are you in the Abbotsford area? Or you're in Vancouver, Burnaby, or I know you live in Abbotsford. I know I've been to your house. Yeah, well, I'll probably be in uh, Van- oh, I'm going to be in Burnaby in the morning, but I'll be back in the afternoon, back in the Valley area. Now, yeah, okay, I might give you a shout and we can uh, catch up. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. Okay, yeah. buddy. Um, okay. Anyhow, let's open up another mic here and bring Will on. Will, buddy, how you doing? I'm not going to come to Calgary tomorrow. Just thought I'd share that with you. That's okay. I'm working, and and I don't have time to pretend I'm working. How does that sound? I actually. <sighs> I know you do, Charles. I'm fully <laughs> confident that you work. Yep. Okay. I, I'm working tomorrow, and I'm going after work. I'm driving down to the coast. So you know, I I I put in a ten hour day and then leave. Actually, my my brother called me the other day and said he's retiring. He's selling his company and gonna live happily ever after. Good for him. Good for him. Nice. Uh-huh. So if anybody's looking for a Jim's Mowing franchise in the Abbotsford area, give Will a shout and he can hook you up with his brother. Franchise? No, actually, actually. No, no, no. What is it? It's the other thing. It's a bug man, is it? Neutralon. Neutralon. He, uh, Neutralon. He sold, that's it. It. He, he sold it to the guy who owns the one in New Westminster, I guess. Oh, okay. So, so. it's already sold. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, good for oh, him. yes. Yep. I was going to say the Jim's Mowing guy is always parked on our street. Jim's Mowing is there good... such a company? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not and it's not necessarily Jim that does the mowing, but anyhow, um, yeah, they've got this franchise and it's it's lawn care maintenance and stuff like that, and uh, their franchises are worth a lot of money. They do really well. Mhm. Yeah, I didn't know there was money in it, but I guess there is because he's been doing it for shit twenty years, I think. Yeah. Well, you build and up a clientele base; it's worth something. Well, yeah, and it's worth a lot more than what he paid for it now. So that's uh that's a bonus, isn't it? Yeah. I'm impressed. I didn't think the old guy had it in him. But okay. There you go. Yeah, well, so be it. Okay. Uh-huh. So Mark, you're online, your mic's open. Welcome to the show, bud. Doing well. I'm just waiting on confirmation for my tickets to the Ryder game on the weekend. You going to Regina? It looks like it. Just waiting on some confirmation on it. Bus tour. It's going to be a noisy stadium, my friend. Yes, it will. Not as noisy as one takes, but it'll be noisy. It'll be noisy. You got to shut that noise down early. And uh, if bombers can do that, they might they, they might pull it off. If the Bombers make the Grey Cup, you should come to Edmonton. Anything's possible. Yep. If BC makes the Grey Cup, I might go to Edmonton. No, I don't think I will, but it's too freaking cold in Edmonton in late November. And it's Edmonton. Actually, if the oh. Bombers beat Saskatchewan, you should come to Calgary. They're uh, <laughs> buddy. Well, you're yeah, Mark, uh, Steve's got tickets. Or Steve. No, you wrote it all <laughs> Will's got tickets. Steve's right <laughs> behind him. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen Steve for weeks. So. Oh, really? sorry to hear that. Okay. So, uh, let's talk some football. You ready to do that? It's over. The 2018 CFL season is over. It's done. It's, it, 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 it's in the books. There's just nothing happening. So we got the Calgary Stampeders that finished thirteen and five. 
top spot in the league, not only the Western Division, but the league, followed by Saskatchewan at 12-6. and six. You know, if you're going to try to get the top spot, you have to do it yourself. You can't rely on somebody else to beat your competitor, right? And that's what you guys did. you got to win it outright. Winnipeg finished at 10-8 and eight and will be uh, traveling to Regina to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with Calgary having the bye in week one of the playoffs. BC finished the season 9-9 nine and nine and will cross over to Hamilton for the playoff. Edmonton also finished 9-9, nine and nine, but because of the season series, uh, ended up out of the playoffs. Unfortunately, 500 team missed the playoffs. So, uh, it's unfortunate. Now, you go over to the Eastern Division, you got Hamilton, or Ottawa finished top of the East at 11-7, and seven, and will get the bye and host the Eastern Finals. Hamilton finished 8-10, and 10, and will host the Eastern Division semifinal game now they finished eight and ten do you guys remember just a moment ago i said edmonton finished nine and nine and will be missing the playoffs so the better team doesn't get to go in the playoffs because they're in the western division i don't understand how this makes sense i don't understand how saskatchewan finishes 12 and six and doesn't get a bye when Ottawa does get a bye at 11-7. and seven. Hamilton shouldn't be to- hosting a playoff game against BC when BC has a record of 9-9 nine and nine and Hamilton's 8-10. and 10. Yes, I know we've gone over this upteen billion times, and Will will tell me to shut up because the playoff format will never change because it can't because Ontario will whine and cry and climb. And, and, and bitch and complain that they don't get proper representation in the playoffs. Well, the only thing I've got to say to you guys in the East, get a better fucking team. I mean, come on. Why That's is it so hard there. for an Eastern Division team to field a competitive team? Why? I don't understand. It's been decades. Yeah, you win a great cup every once in a while, and any given Sunday you can win a game. But come on, seriously, you guys suck out there. I don't know. It, it's not fair. I honestly, you know, Saskatchewan with 12-6, and six, the second team in the Western Division should cross over to the East, not the fourth team, the second team. And Saskatchewan should cross over to the Eastern Division. They get the bye because they would be top of the Eastern Division. Hamilton goes to Ottawa and plays for the semifinal, and the winner goes to Regina to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and the winner of that goes to the Grey Cup. I think that's the way it should be. Why should Saskatchewan have to go through Calgary when Ottawa's... Nah, never mind. I know you guys all agree with me, and I also know that there's nothing that's ever going to happen to this. It's never going to change, and it has to, but it won't. Oh, my good Lord. Okay. So that's the playoff format, guys. Next week, we have BC in Hamilton, and we have Winnipeg in Saskatchewan. Exciting. There's only, what, five more games. Five more games, and the playoffs are over. So let's talk about the games that we have this weekend. Um, Friday night, we had a solo game. Toronto Argonauts went over to Ottawa. Ottawa played none of their starters and still mopped the floor with the Argonauts. That has to be a little concerning in Toronto. So concerning, they fired the coach. 
probably the best coach in the CFL. He's fired. Oh, well. Charles, Toronto, Ottawa. Did you watch the game? I did. Uh, did they play? No, I'm just kidding. I, I did yeah, see bits and It was a pretty good game, game, actually. Um, yeah, it it was a good game. Uh, I did see some of the game. Uh, but it really ended up pretty much the way I was expecting. Um, I had fully expected that the um, uh, Red Blacks were going to go take care of business. I said, well, they're the, a better team. Um, they're a better team uh, with their second stringers than Ottawa is with their first stringers. And I was pretty much bang on in that assessment because the Red Blacks, for the most part, played second stringers, in some cases third stringers. And while the Argos were competitive, they still weren't better than these guys. So uh, I'm not surprised the way it turned out. Um, I think that... um, these Toronto guys, some of them were playing for pride, not enough of them, and most of them, I think, just wanted to go home. Um, so they just got through the um, got coin through the toss without injuring themselves, got through the coin toss, kind of went through the motions, although they did put up some resistance. They did put up a little bit of a fight, but I don't think they were super uh, jacked up for that game. I think that was also a trend for this week because I think we saw that a little bit from a few teams this weekend. Um, and, hey, Ottawa, their, their second string has got a bunch of good wet reps, and they got a win, so it's going to give them some confidence. So if they need to go to some of those second stringers, uh, they've got some good playing time under their belt. So it's good for them. Uh, it went uh, pretty much according to how I thought it would, as we'll find out when we go over the scores. And, yeah, that was um, a good win, and uh, Ottawa now gets uh, a couple weeks off to rest up for the final, whether they play the Lions or the Ticats. They got cats coming no matter what. Yeah, a little bit of pussy coming to the, their way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark. biggest takeaway I had from this game was I think we've seen the last of Deron Carter, in Toronto anyway. The last couple of games, and especially this last game, he just looked completely disinterested. And then you've got a guy like SG, SJ Green going out and getting yet another 100-yard receiving game. It's He just looked like he mailed it in, wanted to be anywhere but playing football. And Dominic Davis, yeah, he looked quite good. But again, it's in a nothing game against, I think about 18 guys had tackles for the defense for Toronto. So it was as much as their backups and everything else. He still, he looked good. He managed the offense really well, but I want to see him do it in a real game. It wasn't the most exciting game I've ever seen, and I expected that going in. They have to... Yeah, that's about it. Just, so, I got a question Deron for you. You, you, you brought up Deron Carter here, uh, saying disinterested, probably not coming back to the Argos. Is that because Mark Trussman never really incorporated them into the offense or in, into any part of the, the team? Uh, do you think that, that he's just done with the CFL and we're going to see him in the A-A-L-F-G-H-I apostrophe D? You, you know what? It's Deron Carter. You never know where he's coming from. 
but he went from being the most loudmouth, expert-level troll on Twitter to deleting his tw- Twitter account and sitting on the bench for, what was it, three weeks before yeah. he played a game? With his ego? You don't flip a switch like that. I know we'll talk about it more later on, but that oh, could be that- part of what happened. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It's a it's you know is is that why Mark Tressman got 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 fired because he didn't put Deron Carter into the game? Well, well there's rumors that, was, that, that he would lost be weird. Room. Well, there is the rumors that he lost the room. So, but we'll get more well, into that after anyway. Well, when you got a a four win season, what do you expect? You're going to lose the room. You know, there's a lot of things. Yeah, we're going to get into that later with Mark Tressman, but I'm just really cons- – you brought up Deron Carter, and that's a really interesting observation. Yep. And uh, so you don't think he's going to be coming back to the CFL. You definitely believe he's not coming back to the Argos. But you I, don't know that because we don't know who the coach is going to be and if things are going to change, and Deron Carter yep. might be a, a, a very sought-after player by the new coach that comes in. Who knows? Could be Jason Moss. That would be interesting. Okay. Could be Jim well, Pop. Could be Jim Pop taking over his coaching position. Oh, my good Lord. Well, yeah, talk to me. Yes. Yes. Uh, DNW, DNC. Do not care. Do not, did not did watch. Not watch did not, do not care. Do not watch. Did not care. Okay. Yeah. I've, uh. Yeah. I've I've gone I've gone for an entire football season watching game after game after game after game after game, and we're near the end of it now. And my wife has a all these things you haven't done during football season list. <laughs> yeah, but you know we've only got three weeks left. Early start. Yeah, but I didn't. You're care just to disinterested. Watch those games. I really am because. I mean, Toronto really, God, they were horrible this year. Let's face it. Oh yeah. Who was a no bigger dumpster? Who was a bigger dumpster fire, Montreal or Toronto? That is the question. I, I really think Montreal was because I, I think Toronto was kind of. They lost their quarterback, so they, they all, actually they, they lost Ricky them. Ray. So you know what? They, they were got themselves handicapped with the fact that they didn't have a lot of depth. So coming into the season, they looked a lot more promising than what Montreal ever did. Montreal never well, looked good people, from the very beginning. Some people picked them as the favorites this year. Some people did. So I, yeah. I, I didn't, but that's beside the point. Your buddy, your buddy Frank probably did. So. Well, yeah, but that's you know. that, that's beside the point. Yeah. I am not going there. I'm yeah, not going to no, say a I, goddamn I, like thing. Like I said, it was. It was not I a don't, successful season for Toronto. I don't talk and, poorly uh, about Frank, no matter how bad he talks about me. Um, never mentioned your name. Anyways, um, I, 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 Toronto had a poor season, let's face it. And, yeah. Uh, I just couldn't get into that game on Friday night. So, I think it was Friday night or Saturday, Friday night, wasn't it? So. I really did not watch much of it. So there you go. Move on. Okay. Yeah, it, it was an interesting game for me, but you know, 
we're going we're gonna to talk about part of that game later on when we talk about John Gott and uh, his antics in which uh, the league is allowing, hypocritically allowing to happen. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah. So what have we got here? We've got the, the final score was 24 to 9 for Ottawa over Toronto. Uh, everybody picked Toronto to win, except Charles. Not me. Charles went. Charles was the odd man out. He took the Ottawa Red Blacks to be victorious. He picked them twenty-five to ten, so he's out by one point on each score. So he finishes. He grabbed this one out by two points, and that victory was a complete waste because he had no competition. And yeah, nobody else. When you're gonna them. when you're gonna nail a score that good, it would feel good to just be wiping everybody off the planet. But when we all picked. Toronto to win, it's kind of meaningless how close you were. It didn't matter. You could have picked that one no. two to one, as like I usually do, or 53 to six, like Will would do. Good job, Charles. Yep. You, you get the gold star. Okay, the, then we had another Super Saturday. Is this the third or fourth one this year? Something like that. I don't know exactly what, but we've had quite Nine a few. Nine hours of back to back. Back-to-back football. Hard to kind of watch all nine hours when you got women in the house wanting you to do other things. But the first game up was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers traveling to Edmonton. This was a me- absolutely meaningless game. Winnipeg's playoff position was solid. Edmonton had already missed the playoffs. There was no point in playing this football game other than to go up and entertain the fans that did show up. Uh, There was a couple of things that were on the line. The rushing title was on the line. Andrew Harris got that on the first play of the game, and then he saluted the crowd and left. And he left the game, and he didn't have to come back. Because he, why, why hurt? Get hurt, man. He got the title, and off he goes. We already knew that um, William Powell couldn't do it because the night before in Ottawa, uh, William Powell didn't play. So Andrew Harris just had to get seven yards or eleven yards or something like that, and he got twenty-five on the first run, and uh, it was game over for him. So uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Edmonton Eskimos. Will, go ahead, open your mic. Well, I did watch some of this game. I think five minutes, maybe. <laughs> it was Saturday. I had stuff to do. Um, but I'm not You're, you're disappointing the fans out there, Will. I mean, we got people listening to the podcast, and we're acting like playoff-bound teams that are trying to rest their players. You know what I mean? Right. The games right. and, and you go you go to the Calgary game or you you went to the Montreal Hamilton game and why why go, why bother going that you know all they're playing all backups you know it's not entertaining you're not going to watch the game so it's the same thing with our fans that listen to our show they expect us to come out and perform to the highest level as fans and talk about the football are you, games are that you, we are you chastising me right now Christopher Jones I think I am. Oh, because I didn't think there was rules on this podcast, okay? 
I there are no rules of podcasts. I'm just telling you oh, oh, okay. that the fa- our fans out there, the fans of Let's Talk if CFL there, podcast, if there, if there, are disappointed that you don't have an opinion on this game because you just said, fuck it. I'm not going to watch if it. There had been, if there had been a game in Calgary, I would have been there. I apologize that I didn't drive to Edmonton to watch a game that didn't really matter. Um I I was impressed with you have a remote the 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 forty forty ish yardish touchdowns by Chris Trevler. He ran right up the middle. And man, when that guy gets moving, whew, he's pretty hard to stop. Um and that's probably the extent of the play I saw in that game. I mean, it was a nothing game. I'm sorry. The players put up the same kind of effort. I'm sorry. They do in those games. It doesn't matter to them. They can no, say they're professionals. They can say they're professionals all they want, but there's nothing on the line, so they do not have the same intensity. No, they don't want to direct Therefore, their golf swing. Therefore, I am not going to sit there for three hours and watch a non-intense football game. Sorry. But anyways, Winnipeg lost. They did. They did. And they played Chris Strebler for most of the game, I do believe, or all of the game. Um, Johnny, Johnny Augustine got to play. I noticed that. And, uh Yeah. And it didn't work very well. So that's really all I have to say about this game. I wish I could lie, but I can't. Sorry. No. Okay. Okay, fine. I just you're disappointing the fans. Your fans out there. You've got fans, Will. Do you know there's people out there that go, Will, 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 Will and, and then you come up and with this dud. And you know, Charles. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Neil no, Crow talks to me every day, so Neil Crow. I don't think it mattered to I, him. I, I miss Neil. He doesn't talk to me anymore. He, he's he a good guy. A lot too. I, I, I like Neil, and did, he just he doesn't talk to me anymore. I talk about him you, all the time. You, I, I tell all sorts of people about him and his, his T-Rex outfit, cutting the grass and doing all sorts of stuff. And, well, did uh, you well, see his Halloween costume I put on? I did. I, I saw his Halloween costume. It was awesome. He's always got yep. some great things. What a character. I just I love him to bits, but... Whatever. Neil doesn't like me anymore. I don't know why. I'm sorry if I offended you in any way, shape, or form. Neil, carry on, buddy. You take care. Uh, Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm actually kind of on the same – I mean, I watched this game, unlike Will, but I'm kind of on the same page as him uh, with respect to uh, uh, some of these teams that are um, playing. And you could just tell that – there was very little intensity from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They really did not have a whole lot of interest in their game. The most they were interested in was not getting injured because um, they didn't even play Matt Nichols. A lot of guys, some of the starters were in for a couple of series. Like you said, Andrew Harris being one of them, he was basically there to get the rushing title, and that was it. As soon as he got it, that was the end of his night or day as it was. And, hey, the Edmonton Eskimos, they've had a frustrating season. They're missing the playoffs. And, um, you know, they wanted to at least go out, get the 500 record, and at least go out with their heads held high winning at home. Uh, Because, quite frankly, not much else has gone well for them this season. 
So they did that, and they were much more the intense team in this game. The Bombers really weren't in this game. They they were going through the motions. They were in almost like a preseason state of mind in this one. Uh, like I said, no, just wanted to get through without any key injuries. And that was basically the story there. The Eskimos were the better football team, um, obviously, because they played most of their starters the entire game. Um, so I don't think that the, to be honest, the Bombers, when you're looking at it, uh, the Bombers kept the game relatively close, so, and they weren't playing with all that intense, uh, like I said, and were playing with a lot of second and then third stringers. So to keep it that close against an Edmonton team that was pretty much playing their regular team, it's got to feel pretty good on that. Um, to stay, you know, within, ten, uh, you know, nine-point uh, spread. So that's not bad for the Bombers. Uh, I think they can be, you know, somewhat satisfied with that and be ready to be going into uh, Saskatchewan next week. So I don't think they'll be too disappointed with that. And, uh, well, Edmonton will see uh, what this team looks like come next June because I think there's going to be more than a few changes there. Okay, thanks a lot, Charles. Um, Mark, go ahead. It's your team, buddy. You know, the game actually fully entertained me. Um, discovered that we have a practice roster receiver who can kick a 44-yard average punt. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, with with really no leg extension. If he ever got the flexibility of a real punter, boy, his kickoffs were really deep. He hit his one field goal. He hasn't kicked anything like that, I think they said, in five years or six years. That's not bad. Yeah, it was entertaining. Um, of course, Harris got his two rushes. Good enough. Uh, Strebler impressed me. He's obviously learned a lot sitting on the bench. Good thing for him. He still needs to throw more and run less, but he is a raw rookie. So he's impressed me. I'm enjoying having that coming in. And Edmonton can't really look at this as a huge win. Like Charles said, they had all their starters in, all game, offense and defense. And third but do you think guys, they played with the intensity that they would have on a normal game or, or midway through the season? Mike Riley was diving straight ahead. Hey, no, 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 no. We're not talking about yards. Mike Riley. He's superhuman, and, and he's got a total <laughs> different mentality, okay? But do you think the rest of the team was playing to the intensity that they would have at, at, at Labor Day? Probably no, not, but if they slacked not. off too much, if they slacked off too much on offense, Riley may have punched them right on the field. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I, I, I love Riley. Riley wanted that game. Yeah. Well, he got it. Yeah. Yeah, and he got it. Yep. So, okay. Like I said, I was entertained by it. There were some things to watch. Um, this Jeff Hecht. That played for a couple of teams. He's actually filled in rather nicely for Loeffler. So, you know, it is what it is. They got out of their healthy, and it's over. That's all that matters, right? I know what I mean. Yep. Okay, now here's the big question of this game. Is that the last football game that Mike Riley plays in Commonwealth Stadium for the Edmonton fans? 
Is that wishful thinking on my part, or is that there's some reality in that? And it, whether he goes to BC or not so. is irrelevant. Do you think that's the last game he plays in Edmonton? He's just done with that city, done with that organization. I think the organization's pissed him off a lot more than the city has. I think he may stay if they make some moves in the upper management area. You, you can't continue to abuse your body the way that he does with no justification. I mean, why doesn't he have an O-line? Yep. Can you imagine Mike Riley playing football with an O-line? Put him, put him behind Winnipeg's O-line. Or, or Calgary. Can you or imagine Calgary. in Calgary, yep. man? They'd be in the middle of a fucking five-game, five-year dynasty right now. They would have won the last mm-hmm. five Grey Cups with Mike Riley. Yep. And probably the next five. Because he'd be able to live longer. His playing career would last longer if he had an O-line. He's not going to continue with the abuse that he's been taking. He can't. Something's got to give. He would have had an O-line if Joe Mack wasn't an idiot. What's Joe Mack got to do with Edmonton? Because he would have come to Winnipeg. He, when they were talking to Winnipeg about coming here, Mack said, no, we're not going to let you be the starting quarterback. You have to be the backup. So that's when he went to Edmonton. To Drew Willie. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, even, yep. even, uh, even Matt Nichols was backup to Drew Willie. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get over to this thing here. Final score on this one was 33-24 for the Edmonton Eskimos over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Mark, you took Winnipeg. You're out of there. Will, you picked Edmonton, which is such a rarity. Uh, 38-17. That was out by 12 points. Pretty good pick there. Charles, you picked it 35-27, out by five. CJ picked it 32-28, I was out by five. Charles, you and I both get a score for this one. Yep. That's too bad, because if I get one and you get one, that means that we move forward at the same pace. And since you won in the Toronto game, you're one up on me. two. Yep. You've won two. (sighs) Deep sigh. Got to make a comeback on the last two games. I don't think I'm up for the challenge. Okay, the second game in the Super Saturday special was the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Montreal Alouettes. And this was in Timbit Field in Hamilton, so the Alouettes were the visitors. Montreal is out of the playoffs. Hamilton will be hosting a game. Nobody played. Nobody cared. It was a terrible game of football. It was a terrible game of football. I don't know. It was just, it was awful. Why we put ourselves through the pathetic motions of watching these games, I have no idea. But we do it for our fans of Let's Talk CFL podcast so that they can listen to us talk about what our impressions are of that game. Will, go ahead. Such an asshole. Well, I I hate to disappoint all the fans out there, all the Will fans. Watch, don't care. Um, DNC. I'm sorry. 
You know what? I tell you what. I'll tell you every. I'll tell you what. I was so hyper yesterday about the Calgary BC game. I could not. I could not sit still until eight o'clock. Until eight o'clock Saturday night because it was killing me, and I just couldn't have sat there and watched six hours of football that meant nothing before the game that did mean something as far as I was concerned. So I hate to disappoint, but um, what? who was playing in that game? And, Hamil- and who Hamilton won? and Montreal. And Montreal won, didn't they? And it was uh, a barn yes. burner right down to yes, the, they did. right down to it, the, right down to the fi- wire. And, final and kick. Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel did not play, correct? I didn't see him. I did not see I'm him. I saw Ripken and I saw the other guy, Strievler, not Strievler. Um, what's the other guy's name? Menzel played in the first half. He played the first half. Oh, yep. did he? Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, Johnny Manziel was four for five, 80%, 59 yards throwing, one touchdown. Matt Schlitz was the other oh. guy. Pipkin went eight eight for 15, 53%, 217 yards, one touchdown. Longest was a 75-yarder. Huh. To U- 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 Eugene Lewis. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, they, there were some shining stars in here. Uh, William Stombach, Stanback. Wow. Is he ever turning into a cool little rookie, eh? He's either tailback, gets six carries, 31 yards, no big deal. Five catches for 113 yards. 102 yak yards. The guy, the guy gets 103 yards, and he gets 102 yak yards. <laughs> Come on, seriously? It means the quarterback actually threw the ball for a yard. Actually, probably threw it for about eight yards, and the other ones he threw in the backfield. But okay, Charles, go ahead. Well, um, I really didn't see this game because I was on my way to BC Place for the BC Calgary game, so I really didn't see a whole lot of this. When I got the, to the uh, stadium, they were well into the second half, and the, they had parts of it up on the big screen there on at BC Place, but I did not see a whole lot of this. Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I thought Hamilton would come out with a bit better effort, having the fact that they lost the last two uh, back-to-back in Ottawa. And I don't know. They're really kind of stumbling into the playoffs right now, which is good for BC Lions fans. Not that the Lions are that much better, but uh, they're really stumbling. But, again, I think we saw another case here of a team that had nothing, uh, really two teams, a team that had nothing to play for, a playoff team that just didn't want to uh, get in Hurt injuries. Um, um, Jer- Jeremiah Mazzoli did not play in this game um, uh, against a, a team that was just kind of looking to finish off strong and get ready to go home and get ready for next year. So uh, it, it seems to be a trend. A lot of the playoff teams, for the most part, the ones that were playing, didn't really have all that much intensity. I think you saw that in almost every case. Because even though you, they say, yeah, you always want to play your best, yeah, you can't turn on the light switch and stuff like that, 
their biggest concerns is, A, going into the playoffs, they don't want to show anything that could be analyzed on film by the teams they're playing in the playoffs. B, they don't want any injuries. Um, they want all of their key players healthy. A lot of people are saying this and that. You know, you want to go in strong. But you know what? The worst thing you can do, and I referenced it back on Wednesday, like what happened to Calgary back in 2013, where they played their starters in the last game and lost half their offensive line. So you've got, or was a defensive line, whichever it was. They, they, they lost they three were, offensive linemen and one D lineman. Right. So, yeah, they that pretty much decimated their chances in a mean-nothing game. So uh, it's really hard to find that balance. And really for the players, even though they're out there, they know the playoffs are coming up. They just want to get through that game and get to the playoffs, and that's where they ramp up the intensity. So I think that's a lot of what we saw from Hamilton and some of the other playoff teams. And and Montreal was a beneficiary. Johnny Manziel took another step forward, and we'll see what Montreal looks like next year. They signed a bunch of quarterbacks last week. Manziel wasn't one of them, of course, he had a two-year contract anyway, so... Yeah, he's under it'll contract. Be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, that team looks come next uh, next spring, and, um, and we'll see if Hamilton can get uh, things turned around going into the playoffs. The only, only quarterback that Montreal isn't bringing back is, uh, I haven't heard yet, is whether or not what they're doing with Drew Willie. Did they re-sign him? I have not heard that they did, no. He's on the injured list. I, we know that. I'm just so curious whether or not he... Anyway. Well, yeah, you can re-sign him for next season. Yeah, that's true. You think they're going to? Why would you? He's been on the, the injury list for two years, hasn't he? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So anyhow, um, who did, did anybody not get? Mark, did you talk about this game yet? Do you want to talk about this game? Go not ahead. Not yet. I can, I can be real quick. Um, I did watch the game. I PVR'd it, so I was able to get through a lot of it. Um, Menzel looked okay actually in the first half. He's not he a bad quarterback. In he did. You know, he's progressing. He's not great. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's the next one, but he is progressing. And it's whether he stays in the CFL long enough. For us to actually see anything, but uh, and you were mentioning Standback. That's probably why they let William Powell go. No, uh, Sutton. Or Sutton. Sutton, sorry, Terrell Sutton. Sutton. Yeah, Terrell Sutton. Yeah, that, that's probably why they let him go. Well, I don't doubt it. Younger, he, faster, cheaper. And if, with their salary cap problems, cheaper is a big thing. Yeah, it is the CFL. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the game is what it was. Like we've all said now, it, yeah, nobody cared. Um, oh. we, we did see John Bowman's last game in the CFL. More than likely, he still says ninety-eight percent sure. So that's too bad. Yeah, man's a rock yeah. star. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. That's about it. Okay. So let's uh, see what's going on here. Final score here was uh, Montreal 30, Hamilton 28. Charles, you picked Hamilton. Mark, you picked Hamilton. CJ, you picked Hamilton. So Will wins by default because he's the only one that picked Montreal. 
But you're out by 17 points. Just thought I'd share that with you. Okay. Moving on to the last game. The only game in the or entire you could week. Say, or you could say I was closer than everybody else. Well, you were. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, you won by out. default. But I was closer than everybody else. Well, okay. Actually, I think my scores was closer, but that's beside the point. My, I, I definitely had closer scores. They were just picked for the wrong team to win. I think next week, next year we're going to do that. We're going to do a point differential. That makes more sense. Okay. We'll pick a team that we want to win, and here's a point spread. And you can you get one mark for one and one for the other. That, what do you think of that? That's an interesting format. Okay. The last game of the 2018 CFL season actually meant something. Didn't mean much to BC, except for the fact that they were – retiring Wally Buono as a head coach of the BC Lions, but it meant everything to Calgary Stampeders who were fighting for their playoff top position, their bye week. They just were on a, what, three-game, four-game slide, and they had to turn this around before the playoffs. So, yeah, did they have some intensity? Hell, yeah. Did BC? As much as anybody would have liked. Even Calgary fans, I think, would have liked more intensity from BC. What was it, 25 nothing, coming into the uh, fourth quarter? Something like that. It was just gross. Uh, okay. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, Calgary Stampeders, BC Lions, BC Place, Wally Knight, Wally Bobblehead Knight, Wally Pitcher, pretend you're the Wally guy. And... Uh, Wally World is now BC Place gets to change his name from Wally World because he's not there anymore. Calgary Stampeders came out victorious. Mark, go ahead. Yeah, this game, I, I did expect Calgary to win. Um, they have a lot more on the line than BC did, obviously. And I think we all expected BC- Calgary to win. We're just homers. Yeah. You guys being homers? Never. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be honest, I expected Calgary to win. I think Charles did too. Okay? I just think Calgary needed to do it. And if they didn't, their, their playoff hopes were done. They, they were done. They, they were going nowhere in the playoffs if they couldn't beat BC in this final game. Just a fact. So, Will's got a little bit of hope then. Well, considering BC's leading rusher was a guy I've never heard of. Yeah, Wayne never heard Moore. of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they shut down Lule as soon as the game got out of hand. You knew Lule was done in the first half. That was it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why get him hurt? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, Jennings didn't look horrible in relief, but um, BC just didn't match the intensity level of Calgary. No. And that was to be expected. It was, you know, BLM looked like he did a while ago. He looked a lot more confident. And it was good to see their defense step up. And Chris Matthews is proving to be a, a smart signing. He had another 70 yards and catches on a really nice catch. So. 
Yeah. It was what I expected out of it. You know, there was no way BC was going to match the intensity level. You didn't expect it to. And no. they started shuffling in all their second and third stringers in the second half. Yeah. And um, so. I, I did. I almost forgot to bring this up. It is time for a new penalty in the CFL. Okay. And it, it would be, it's along the lines of a soccer penalty. Embellishment. Tie long, they can call it the tie long 15-yard embellishment penalty. How many times is this guy going to do this before they change that rule? A few times, yeah. He's been busted up more than once. I, I, no, nobody is proud of that. Okay, but the quarterbacks do it too. But they're having to use their challenge flag. On there wasn't a guy within what three yards of him. And no, 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 like, no, 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 no. He, 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 the guy missed him by inches. Okay, give him, oh, give him a little bit inches. of credit. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I watched it on replay close. several times over. He was close it enough to that guy to to, to make it work. Not close enough to have that be um, a reason to use your challenge flag. There's some rules that need to be adjusted here, and if they're going to be like soccer players, bring in an embellishment call. But they don't. Yards. They don't. There's no penalty in in soccer for embellishment. Oh sure, there and is. These, no, there's not. They're doing yes, it all there the time. Is. This is. They don't these call guys it. are kickers. They're just like soccer players. Okay. And it's ridiculous. Okay. You're not going to get an flag. NHL diving penalty like you got. Okay, it's just not going to happen. This is this is they're kickers. They're, they're soccer isn't players. It, isn't it? You're wasting isn't it the a most amazing. Flag. Isn't it the most amazing thing that twenty-four thousand people in the stadium didn't fall for it, but the referees did? Yes. <laughs> and a couple million at home. And they have an eye in the sky. There's an easy way that they can check if it's a real hit or not. All you got to do is use the eye in the sky, the video review guy, whatever. He calls down and says, uh-uh-uh. Well, that, that's happened, I don't know how many times, where you know the, you, they, they throw a flag for a horse collar tackle, and the eye in the sky says, nope, no penalty. He grabbed him in the numbers. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, okay, well, the Iron Sky did their job there, and I'm impressed with that. And I have absolutely no problems with the Iron Sky turning around and saying, you know what, Tai Long, eh, pick up the flag. That wasn't the penalty. To waste a challenge on it, I get a, I, I get offended by that. I get offended by the team having to waste a challenge on that, just like I got offended by Chris Jones having to waste a challenge on that uh, the play last week in, in the BC game. What the hell was that again? The um, oh the uh, roughing the passer, roughing the passer. Yeah, when when uh, Odell Willis hit Zach Caleros, that should have been called. He shouldn't have to waste a challenge. The eye in the sky should say, eh, "There you go. That's wrong, man. That's not that's not happening here." And you know, it, it, it's one thing not to be able to call a penalty, but uh, you got to be able to overturn a stupid penalty, and that should have been overturned by the yeah. eye in the sky without yeah. the team having to waste, without Calgary having to waste the challenge. I agree a hundred thousand percent with that. 
I do disagree with you creating a diving penalty. I disagree with that. So you got to stop them eventually. Uh, whatever. Me and you agreeing is rare anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. I I don't. I personally find it offensive. This is football. This is a man's sport. Go out there and play football, okay? And if you want to be a soccer player, go be a soccer player. I've seen women that are tougher than a lot of soccer players. So I don't. I disagree with Ty Long doing that. I just don't think there should be a penalty for it. Fair I mean, enough. if you're if you're going to do a penalty for that, then you have to give a penalty of delaying the game for players taking a knee when they're not hurt. Because that's delay of the game. That's you know that you, you that's should hard to you, prove. you yeah. should have have to call a timeout. Of course, it's hard to prove. But it is still it, it's a, a take away from the game. It makes it look pathetic. Go ahead, Mark. Finish. Sorry. I got on the road. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm you're done? done? Okay. Yep. Well, Charles, you might as well go next. You were at the game. Mm. Wally uh, World. Did yeah, you get okay, one of those little so Wally faces? I got the faces. I just didn't get the bobblehead. The I guess everybody wanted those bobbleheads because I got there 10 minutes after the doors opened, and they were gone. Yeah. There was no way I was getting one. So, um, yeah, the Lions, you know, I thought that they were going to come on for uh, uh, a big game. Because if you remember, the very first play it was the Lions had, uh, Travis Lule hit um, Corey Watson with a long pass. And talk about the eye in the sky. Hey, they were able to call that back. And they said his call back and say his knee was down and move him back 15 yards. But apparently they yeah. can't do that for embellishment. It uh, doesn't make sense. Um it was quite clear quite quickly that the Stampeders were bringing more intensity to this game. And it was quite clear quite quickly it was not going to be Lions night. So seeing as that was the case, there was no point to keep starters in risking injury. And you had said earlier that even I expected the Lions, to w- the Stampeders to win. I thought they were more likely to win. I thought there was a chance the Lions could pull it out. But if I were to have a gun to my head and have to put money, I would have put money on the Stampeders because, quite frankly, they had something to play for and the Lions just didn't. And this is what I talked about with some of the other games where there were teams that were really just getting through the game and going through the motions because, quite frankly, they just didn't have – I know you want to win for Wally and all that, but what would be more important – to win on Wally night in a meaningless game or stay healthy and have a shot to win a Grey Cup and send Wally out as a champion. I think most people would say uh, exactly the case. Um, the Stampeders were there. They wanted to win that game. They wanted first place, and they played like it. And they controlled every facet of that game from beginning to end. The Lions, and actually, I thought the Lions' defense played quite well in the second half. As a matter of fact, I believe they shut out Calgary in the second half. And that's kind of been a... No. Um, no. no? Calgary got one point in the fourth quarter. Okay, so they got a whole point in the second half. That's actually been a calling card of the Lions this year, where even if they have a bit of a rough uh, first half, they actually have shown a great ability to make adjustments at halftime 
and change the game plan to the point where they just stifle teams in the second half. The thing was, the the Calgary defense was quite jacked up, and they, um, uh, um, quite frankly, uh, were not going to give the Lions anything. They were they were flying around. That whole Calgary team wanted that game. They wanted first place, and for the first time in about four weeks, they finally played like it. So I think it's a big confidence booster for them. They get to host the Western Final again, and it was a big win. I I had my doubts. Uh, Chris Matthews uh, made some circus catches in that game, catches he had no business making. And if this were different circumstances and the uh, Stampeders really had nothing to play for, he probably doesn't make that kind of effort. But that just goes to show you the effort that this team and the lengths that this team was willing to go to to um, win this game. They wanted it. They wanted it badly. And the Lions just didn't have the intensity. And I just didn't expect them to either because say what you want about being the last game and Wally and this and that. They just didn't have enough to play for. And Calgary just did. And that was the story. They were... They were a team, as I said to someone last night, this was one team that had something to play for and a team that didn't have something to play for, and it showed exactly that on the field. So that result surprised me last night, not in the least. Okay. Will, did you have the opportunity to watch this game? Um, Yes, sir, I did watch this game. Your adoring fans want to know. Just for all my fans out there, because uh, this is uh, it was it was an important game. <laughs> it was an important game. Okay, now and now you guys in BC know what it feels like to be a Calgary Stampeder. When the last five games they've had nothing to play for, and no matter how hard you try. If you got nothing to play for, man, the the intensity's just not there. They came out last night, they were focused, and they were intense, and it showed on the scoreboard. Okay? When and you had another team that was not intense and it showed. It was that simple. I'm not gonna go on and on and say how great Calgary was and how Calgary's back, but they had more to play for and it showed on the field. And I keep on hearing people saying, well, if you're professionals, you should play every game that hard. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. That's and, not reality. And we saw that. And it's not reality. And we saw that last night, okay? Um, Calgary's back was up against the wall. They certainly they certainly did not want to play an extra game because I still think they have a bunch of work to do. And uh, Especially so, in Mosaic. I mean... Yeah, especially in Mosaic, but that would say they have to get through Winnipeg first. And the other nice thing about that game is I can cheer for the Bombers in Mosaic, and 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 I don't I I don't care. I I would prefer that Saskatchewan is never in my stadium again this season. Okay. Or ever. I'm cheering for the Bombers, for, or ever, for that matter. And, uh, hey, 
We'll see what happens. But no, Bull Levi Mitchell looked good. Uh, Chris Matthews, I can't he, say anything about Chris Matthews. His numbers weren't good. Mitchell's numbers are not good. They, they were good enough. Uh, so Wait, I've been trying to get this. I've been trying to get this all night long on my phone. For some reason, my phone's not working. What did Mitchell finish with? Can anybody tell me? Uh, he was 20 for 32, 62%, 278 yards, one no, touchdown. No, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm talking entire season. How many yards did he pass for? Oh, just a sec. I'll tell you. Uh, see here. Uh, Mitchell ended up with uh, 5,124 yards in third place. There you go. That's pretty impressive for a guy who hasn't had any receivers for five games. 35 touchdowns. Yeah. That's got to be number one in the league. No, nope, it's not. No. Nope. With, with what? Thirty-five touchdowns? Yeah, that was number one in the league. Sorry, he had a ninety-nine point okay. three percent efficiency rating, and that put him in third place. There you go. Okay. Behind uh, Trevor Harris and Mike Riley. There you go. That's all I need to see. It doesn't matter if Bo had a great game. In your opinion, Bo just wins. It's that simple. And now he's proven he can win with. Nobody receivers or receivers he's not used to. I mean, the other big thing last night that made a huge difference, and they haven't had it for three or four games, is they actually had something that resembled a running game. And they also had a defense that shut down BC's running attack, and they were forced to pass the ball. And that's what Calgary tries to do to people, so... But it doesn't matter anymore now. Calgary, let's face it, Calgary is one win away from making the Grey Cup for the third year in a row. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we're going to see what happens. So, final score. 26 to 9 for the Calgary Stampeders. Okay? This was the biggest blowout of the weekend. Charles, you pick BC to win. Yeah, DJ, I'm out. You pick BC to win. You're out of there. Mark, 31-27. You went way high on BC score. You're out by 18 points on that one. Total, you were out by 23. Will, 39-12, to 12, overestimating Calgary as par usual. You're out by 16 points, but you get the star, my friend. Okay. So, after after the season's over here, week 21, Mark, champion of the regular season with 21 wins in 21 weeks. Doesn't get better than that. Chris, who missed a lot of weeks, not only recently, but previously, uh, ended up with 16 in second place. Very impressive. Will, you squeaked one out here and uh, pulls it out at 15. So you're one behind Chris for third place. CJ came in at fourth place with 14. And Charles is the Edmonton at 13 points. Out of the playoffs. Sorry, buddy. Even though you did get two victories this week, and that was uh, really brought you mm-hmm. up there at the end. So good job, everybody. Congrats to Mark. And uh, thanks for playing, guys. It was fun. 
I I had fun. We'll we'll figure this out and uh next year we we, we might try something different. We'll see what happens. And just just to make Steve screw up his spreadsheet, have to change it a bit. <laughs> can't, you can't you can't be all gravy. Okay. Uh I don't know. What time is it here? Oh my god, it, we wait we wasted a whole hour on those four useless games. Okay. First segment up here. The Toronto Argonauts have fired head coach Mark Tressman after a 4 and 14 season. Did they make the right, wrong right move here or was this a quick knee-jerk reaction? Well, he is the only head coach in the Eastern Division that's ever won a great cup. No, I guess Rick Campbell has, so can't really say that, but he, Rick Hamill's only won one. Mark Tressman's won one in Toronto and what, three in Montreal? Two? Two or three in Montreal? So, got to be kind of impressive there, and uh, then he went off to the NFL, and well, he did go to the Chicago Bears, so you can't really blame him for that one. Um, four and 14, fire the coach. You got to fire somebody. Coach is the first to go. Do you think this was the right move, Charles? Was this season no, Mark Tressman's fault? No, I'm sorry. First of all, you planned the entire season around having Ricky Ray as your quarterback and lose him in the first game. Then about halfway through the season, you leave, you lose your starting running back. James Franklin, who everyone's saying was the second coming, uh, turned out to not so much to be. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thomas started off like a house on fire, and then, like houses on fire, collapsed. Um, the defense uh, just was not as strong as it had been previously. Um, I don't know. This was not – I don't consider this Mark Tressman. And to, uh, to make matters worse on top of it, his father dies. So he's dealing with all of this personal trauma – while trying to get a team that is spiraling downhill quickly back on track, it's just it was a, well, a and, bad and situation. His, his mother's got cancer, and his wife is is deathly sick. Okay, so yeah, so look at all of those factors. I mean, they probably did him a favor by letting him go because, quite frankly, I think he's got more pressing uh, personal um, personal issues to be dealing with than coaching the Argos. I don't put the blame on him. He's still a great head coach, despite what some of these uh, clowns on Facebook say. Um, He's still a good head coach. I don't put a lot of stock into this being his fault. The guy won a Grey Cup a year ago, so did he all of a sudden forget how to coach? And he's won the Grey Cup, I think, three, four times now? So, come on. Um there's no uh, this. Uh, no, it's not his fault. I'll put more blame on to Jim Pop um, um, before I put it on to him because I he played with the cards he was dealt with, and the cards he was dealt with were not all that strong. Nope. And um, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I think if you win a Grey Cup. Uh, the next year, I mean, you have a bad t- uh, bad year the next year. Uh, I don't think, quite frankly, I think you at least have earned one more year um, instead of getting fired after one year. Um, 
And I'll just say, say it bluntly up front, this is what happens when you have a soccer team president as your team president. Um, I don't know how much input Jim Pop has there. Uh, I don't think it's that much because, quite frankly, the Toronto FC uh, guy, I think, is the, uh, the guy that's running the show or at least that's making the final call on this. Because uh, I know Jim Pop's not the brightest guy in the world. I don't think he's that dumb to fire Mark Tressman that quickly. I think this comes from above him. Uh, there were some reports that there were some uh, differences in uh, philosophies there from the top. Uh, but it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a scapegoating. And I think Mark Tressman is still one of the best coaches in the CFL. And for them to fire him over a, because he had one bad year, I'm sorry, I think it's ridiculous, and uh, I think it's a stupid move, and I think it's a move that the Argos are going to regret, because I'm just trying to figure out who they're going to go out and get that's going to be better than this, that's going to be better than Trestman. Um, I hope, like Mark was joking earlier, I don't know if it's a joke about maybe Jim Pop taking over his coach. We've seen him do it before. He's got an ego. He thinks he can do it all, and by the way, I don't think that the MLSE wants to spend a lot of money uh, on this team, and having one guy do two jobs would probably sound pretty appealing to them. So I know Mark said that somewhat jokingly earlier. Um, We might not want to laugh that quickly because I don't think that's 100% out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I think it's stupid if they do, but we'll see. But if uh, for Tressman, it was dumb. Uh, they were it made no sense to me. And well, this is what happens when you have a dysfunctional uh, organization. Get a real president. Don't let the guy who's running the soccer team just do this on his spare time. All right, let him do his soccer stuff and get a football guy in there. Yeah, fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. Mark. Was Mark Tressman unjustifiably fired? Oh, definitely. And an idea just kind of popped into my head. Did it hurt? Um, no, it didn't hurt, thankfully. The new salary cap for coaching staff comes in next year. Yeah. Does it? Could they? Could they? Yes, it does. I can't remember what it is, but I know it does come in next year. Could he have been making way too much money and they asked him to take a pay cut and he said no, so they fired him? It is Toronto. It's possible. I I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's a four and record. I don't think so either. I do think there's probably something to the... Um, losing the dressing room. Let's face it, you're going to lose the dressing room, like you said, with a four-win season. So I don't know if it's a combination of stuff. I, it's a stupid move. He's just getting the team set up, really. He loses his all-star, you know, um, future Hall of Famer quarterback in, what was it, week one? Yeah, yeah, week one for quarter one. Yeah, so it was like the third play or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know if any of the quarterbacks that are here or or with them are any that he's picked. You know, it's 
he's only been there a year. It just it makes no sense that maybe he's making more than Pop. I am sure he's making more than Pop. He should be <laughs> making more than Pop. Whoa. Right? I mean, come on, get over it. He should be making more. It, it is definitely one of the more bizarre firings at this quick. So. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of bizarre. Do we think that Mark Trussman's going to end up somewhere else in the league? Personal reason says, you know, you might want to take a back seat for a year or so and deal with the, the tragedy and, the, and, the, and the, the wife and the mother and everything else that's happening in your life and just take a back seat. Football takes a back seat to family when it's that important and what, that devastating. I mean, he talked to his father every day, and now he can't. That's, that's got to just fucking rock your world. I think he will, but maybe not right away. Maybe he takes a year or two off, but I think he's still. Um, I think he could be. He'll be back. Is he going to come back to the CFL? Or is he going to go down to the AAL? I think he's. Uh, maybe. More money down there. Does, yeah. Is money the issue? He would have made more money in NCAA, and he came back to the CFL. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's something to be said there too. Okay, William, Mark Trussman. Well, I think the first thing he does is he sits at home next year and makes $650,000 for doing nothing, right? Yeah, because pretty he much. Had, he had a th- three-year contract or whatever. Anyways, you know, at a, at a 4-14 and 14 record, most coaches would get looked at to see if they should be fired or not. Um, sometimes it's happened and sometimes it hasn't. I think there's more to this story than we're hearing. I think, uh, I think Mark Tressman does whatever he wants to do. And I think that was a bit of a problem. And in that article, they talked about Deron Carter and they talked about, uh, what was the other big thing they talked about? Oh, the starting quarterback this year. And uh, I guess people weren't happy with those decisions. So I guess somebody had to go. And we know Jim Pop is, uh, Jim Pop should be called, uh, usually should be called Boots. And you know why we use that name, right? Anybody? Anybody? Sorry. What? What was the question? Why he should be called Boot? Why should he be called Boots? Boot? Jim Pop? Yes. Because he gives the boots to a lot of coaches. No, because uh, <laughs> his head is usually so far up ownership's asses that all you can see is his boots. Anyways, um, and so you can't, you know, that's why he never gets fired, okay? Let's face it. I mean, look at all those crap years in Montreal. He didn't get fired. Look at all the years where he pretended to be a head coach. He didn't get fired. So, I mean, Mark Tressman was the scapegoat in this situation. They were 4-14. They needed they needed somebody. Mark Tressman 
I'm sure if Mark Tressman wanted, he'd have seven phone calls from seven different teams tomorrow asking him to be their head coach. So he'll never be without a job. Toronto was stupid to fire him. And I don't know. I don't know if you think about this. When Mark Tressman left Montreal, think about head coaches that Jim Pop hired after he left. All duds. Absolutely. So I always believe that Jim Pop wants to be a CFL head coach and he hires duds so that he can fire them so that he can be the head coach. So there you go. Maybe Toronto management wants out, but we'll see. And and if that's the case, no respectable coach, especially after you fire Mark Tressman, no respectable coach will want to work for Jim Pop. Just my thoughts. Yeah, that's highly possible. Okay. I'd like to see Mark Tressman back in the CFL. I'd like to see him back in the CFL at BC, but you know what? He's got to take care of his family, and uh, I respect that 100%. And see what happens. Okay. We have already talked about this segment. It was six months ago. Ricky Ray says that he still thinks he has some football left in him. Should he come back, or is it really time for him to hang them up? Well, let's just look at this for a second. Ricky Ray has absolutely nothing to prove. He shouldn't have come back this year after winning the Grey Cup, and we've all said that many times over. He is just turned 39 years old. Okay, he is not Henry Burris. Yes, we know Henry Burris was like, what, 41, 42 when he hung it up. But Ricky Ray has been hurt every year for the last six, seven. And God, you know, you got to question your resolve to coming back. I mean, yeah, in 2017, he played 17 games. Granted, he only missed one game. But in 2013, he only played 10. Uh, 2014, he played 17. 2015, he played 2. 2016, he played 9. 2018, he played a quarter. No, he played three plays. You can't. This is a Hall of Fame quarterback. How how do you continue to do this? Why do you it's it's almost embarrassing, you know? But yeah, his quarterback index is, is amazing. He's just he's phenomenal. He's got a career career QB efficiency rating of ninety eight point four. Six sixty thousand yards. Not counting any stats from this year, but because there really isn't any. But uh unbelievable. Almost five thousand completions. In his life, almost 5,000 completions, 324 touchdowns to 176 interceptions. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
Why are you still playing football, Ricky? Enjoy your girls. Stay home. Go on. Move on to what's after football for you. You've made some good money. Hopefully, you've uh, invested it well. My professional or my opinion, I'm not professional. My opinion, dude, it's not worth it. It's not worth wrecking the rest of your life. I'm 50 years, six years old, and I am a hurting unit right now. Man, I cannot believe what you're going to be at my age. Will, go ahead, man. What should you say? 39-year-old Ricky Ray, back next year and play some more football? Quit. (laughs) Quit. You know what? I know he probably still has desire. Just like me and you have desire, okay? But I know I can't go out and and do certain things anymore, okay? Because I know if I do those certain things, I probably won't be able to walk for a week, okay? Ricky Ray, I understand he's I understand he's a professional quarterback. And I I'm thinking, I don't know, does he not have anything else to fall back on? Was he not good with his money? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he should quit because you're putting your life at risk. Because you're not you were never you were never fleet of foot and you're even less fleet of foot than you were last year. And you have a serious neck injury from not that big of a... You jarred your neck on the ground, and you're out for the whole season. Okay? Um, your body's telling you something. And you would be silly to come back. Like, move on, start the next the next part of your career, man. Hey, maybe Jim Pop would hire you as a head coach. There's a thought. No, he should retire. He should retire. It's that simple. In my mind. But that's just me. Go ahead. Yeah, no doubt about that. Mark, what's your thoughts? Well, he definitely should retire. Does anybody know if he has business interests outside of football? No idea. Or is foot, or is football his life? Besides his kid, wife and kids. It 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 says nothing in his uh, in his Wikipedia page. I haven't seen yeah. anything of what he does. He's got no business interests. He's not like Kevin Glenn who owns six Tim Hortons, or you know even Andrew Harris who's a realtor, or you know, Paul McCallum, who is a realtor, uh, you know, Marco Iannuzzi, who was a financial planner, who were all working at these professions before they, while they were still playing football. Right. Kevin Glenn is still Mm -hmm. playing football. He owns six Tim Hortons, man. He's doing extremely well with his money. He's playing football for the love of the game. Not playing football because he doesn't need, needs the money. I'm just wondering, like, trying to figure out reasons why he would come back other than ego. Because it's just ridiculous. There's no Sometimes way he... He... Yeah. These Sometimes professional ego gets in the way. Don't know... Yeah, they don't know when to hang it up. Yep. I don't know. Anything else there, Mark? No, not really. I... It's all pretty much the same as everybody else is saying. So. 
Yeah. Charles, you got anything to add? Anything neat, new, wonderful? You're you're agreeing, you're making this unanimous. Ricky Ray yeah, should I retire. Mean- He's got nothing to prove. I thought he was going to retire after last season when they won the Grey Cup. I don't know why he didn't, and it came back to bite him in the ass. Don't do this again. I mean, this is just a stu- This is stupid. You've been a great quarterback. You've been a champion. It's time to move on. He's falling into the um, trap that some athletes will fall into, where basically you, um, all you do is you fall into the trap where um, you just don't know when to give up, and you just and you end up coming back and tarnishing your legacy because you hold on too long and you make yourself look almost sad. You can't do that. It's time to move on. Uh, just uh, I I don't want to see that there, but um, he really needs to. Uh, I think he needs to move on and um, go somewhere else. I really do. Yeah, no doubt about that. I can't argue with that at all. Uh, four Grey Cup champions. Two different teams. You know, let it go. Let it go, mm-hmm. buddy. You know, move on. Uh, I'm impressed with him. I think he's a beautiful quarterback. He's a he's a true surgeon in the backfield, a true pocket passer. I I admire his play. I admire his tenacity. I've never admired his ability to stay healthy because he doesn't have one. I I mean, no different than Travis Lule. I mean, I I, I love the guy to bets, but, you know, at what point in time are you going to say enough is enough, man? I mean, still putting in some great numbers, but he's not 39 years old. He's 32 or 33 or something, isn't he? I mean, shit. Yeah, yep. it's time time to move on there. Uh, Travis is actually 35. He's four years younger. So, I still think we may have seen the last of Travis Lule. Well, no, we got Hamilton coming up, but that's beside the point. Okay, let's move on mm-hmm. to something else. We got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed quarterback Drew Tate. Is this a worrisome sign about the health of Zach Caleros, or was this simply a depth move? Now, Zach Caleros is back practicing with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He is taking first-team reps. For anybody to believe that signing Zach Caleros, or sorry, uh, Drew Tate, uh, in the final week of the season before the playoffs, expecting him to come in and actually perform and, and move an offense that he has never seen the playbook for before, uh, it seems absolutely ludicrous. This has got to be a depth position, a just-in-case position. Uh, Drew Tate probably is the best quarterback that did not have a job. Uh, it's not like they traded for him. He was not in Hamilton anymore, or sorry, Ottawa anymore. Um, he was just unemployed, and he's sitting at home going, mm, what am I going to do with my life? Did he even keep himself in game shape? We don't know these questions or how they are answered. But uh, if Zach Caleros' health was um, in question at this point in time, Brennan Bridge is their best bet. At least he knows the offense. He's not going to win any football games, but he's definitely going to be a better bet than Drew Tate. My opinion only. My opinion only. 
Uh, Zach Caleros is going to play football next week. I have no question, no doubt about that in my mind. Mark, he's playing your team. It only makes sense that it's a depth move because there's absolutely no way he can come in and learn the playbook in a week. And even if he did, it's Drew Tate. Is he going to last three plays or four? Yeah, okay, he's been able to sit and get healthy, but it's Drew Tate. So it's got to be a depth move. But Chris Jones sure likes to stay busy. You know, he just signed Corey Johnson off the Bombers practice roster. Now he's bringing in Tate. He does not sit still when it comes to player personnel. No, but you'd think he'd bring in some old linemen to protect his quarterbacks, wouldn't you? Just, just, just once. Just, just mm-hmm. come on, like once. Mm-hmm. Just like build an O line, and you would have a phenomenal football team. You idiot. <laughs> Zach Caleros could have absolutely destroyed this league this week, this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he he, uh, he has that ability. Protect him, yeah, but Chris, and you'll win. Chris Jones treats the offense like a liability himself. He he really doesn't care. He's defense, and it's all yeah. defense, and that's obvious. We know, we know. Yeah, yeah that's so his be a depth uh, move. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I don't see how else it could be. Well, you're the greatest authority of football on this panel. <laughs> Drew Tate, um, you know him better than anybody. He was a backup quarterback in Calgary for a long time. Is this a good move by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Are we going to see Drew Tate in the playoffs? Season. He was a, he was a starter for a whole season. Yeah, when he wasn't injured. When he wasn't injured, um, you know what? I I don't think Saskatchewan's offense is that complicated. And I think a veteran quarterback could probably could probably pick it up pretty easily. Let's put it this way: if Zach Kolaris gets hurt, 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 Brandon Bridge isn't going to take him to the promised land. I guarantee you, he sucks as a quarterback. Sorry. Well, I don't think Brandon Eric Bridge or Zach Kolaris can take him to the promised land with the offense that they have right now. Well, I'm I'm giving I'm giving all the Saskatchewan fans the benefit of the doubt out there, so you don't get any hate mail in the morning. But uh, and and that's once again where me and you differ. I don't think Zach Claris is that good of a quarterback, to be honest with you. And uh, I don't think it would have made a difference if Saskatchewan had an offensive line, and their offensive line is not that bad. Not that so, good. No, Drew Tate uh, is a veteran quarterback that they're going to bring in. I don't even know if he'll make the roster. I guess you could put him in in the in the third position. And don't forget, they. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much Saskatchewan's. I would assume Saskatchewan's offense has changed since Drew Tate was in. He did start with Saskatchewan after all. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but he was in Saskatchewan for one or two seasons. Yeah, yeah so he was there. That. I mean, hey, there must be a reason. I guess it's the playoffs. I mean, it's not like 
it's not like the NHL playoffs. The playoffs are not very long, okay? You don't have to bring in 10 other guys to replace the injuries, okay? So, I don't know, maybe Chris Jones is a... Maybe he's vying for an NHL job and wants to show him how he can do it. So, I don't know. NFL. No, NHL, because that's why he's bringing players in, okay? Let's face it, it's a two-game series at the most, okay? So... But Saskatchewan doesn't have a hockey team. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. He can do it all there, so maybe he can start an NHL franchise. Who knows? Anyways, but yeah, I think uh, I think they brought Drew Tate in for a reason. I don't think they bring him in for anything else. They know they can't get it done with Brandon Bridge. Why not put a guy as the third quarterback who might be able to do something? But, I mean, I don't think he can do something being in Saskatchewan for a week. But, hey, who knows? And who knows if he's even in shape? You know what I mean? So we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> Got to love this one. Okay. Charles, did you go on this one? I did not, uh, but I'm kind of of the same opinion as everybody else. Um, I'm guessing this is just um, – a little more insurance because if Zach Claris goes down, I don't think they really want to go to Brandon Bridge and rely on him. Although I'm not sure relying on Drew Tate is any better. Drew Tate at the best of times was not a spectacular quarterback. He hasn't played any meaningful football in like two years now. So I'm not sure why the the is he really going to be that much of an improvement over Brandon Bridge? I'm not convinced. So, um, I'm still, I still think they worry about the health of Zach Caleros. Maybe he's fine and works, and he's able to play right now. But um, you know, he really, um, as we've seen, um, one hit can put him out and knock him into the middle of the next week. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think there's just a little bit of insurance for the riders. Not that it's great insurance. This is kind of like buying Bigfoot insurance. Wow. I don't know. Okay. Mark, maybe Earthquake were you first on this one or was Will? Did you talk about Drew Tate? Do you want to? Yes, I did. You did, okay. So let's wrap him up and put him away. Because it's not that important. Um, yeah. The next thing up. This one's kind of iffy here. Uh, I think we're going to have some big differing opinions. John Gott from the Ottawa Red Blacks got a lot of attention this week after he chugged a beer in celebration during Friday's game against the Toronto Argonauts. The league says they will not fine him for his actions. Are they setting a bad example? Now, I'm looking at a football, a poll that Todd Bogey put up on Let's Talk CFL, and it says the CFL has already come out and said they will not be disciplining John Gott for drinking alcohol in the end zone. Do you think it's acceptable? You think, do you think he deserves a fine? basically what it is. Do you think he deserves a fine? 247 people say no. 
62 say yes. Do you believe he needs to be fine, deserves a fine for this? Well, my opinion, yes. We've always said along, and I am the first one to say this, that the players are representing, representing the team and the league, and they are supposed to be setting an example to the youth and to the general public as to what these players do. They need to step up and be accountable for their actions. Now, I don't know if you guys know anybody that's ever played hockey in a high-end caliber, but from the time that they're like 15 years old, they have to wear a suit and tie, a jacket and a tie, to and from the games. Okay? They have to be respectable. They're representing the team. They're representing their city. They're representing the league. And they have to be respectable. To go into the end zone, grab a beer out of a fan's hand, and guzzle the whole thing as it's flying down off your face, dripping out of your beard, and generally being a pig of yourself. How is this representing the league? How does this make the team look? How does this make the city look? How does it make John Gott look? He looks like a slob. No, he should be fine for this. This is definitely unacceptable. And for the league to say that they're not doing anything about it is hypocritical. Because, A, he's not supposed to be drinking on the field. Why, why, you know, okay, what if he snorted a couple lines? Okay, yeah, okay, one's, one's legal, one's not. Well, I don't know, is it? You can't drink beer outside of the stadium, but you can drink beer in the stadium. Can you drink beer on the field? Is that drink, considered drinking in public? Is he legally allowed to do that? Did he break any laws? I don't know. I mean, there's a fine line there. Yeah, you've got to be in certain sections of the stadium to be able to drink beer. There are sections in the stadium you can't drink beer. Is the playing field considered one of those areas you're not allowed to drink beer? It's illegal? I don't know. I don't know these questions. I don't know these answers. I mean, it's Ottawa. Um, but he's representing the team, and he's representing the league, and guzzling beer on national TV, and not even doing a good job of it. I mean, it was, beer was going everywhere. And he's got to play football. How does that show kids? Okay, yeah, I can go have a beer. I can smoke a joint and go what? Go play football. I can go play soccer. I can go play hockey. It's not going to affect me. John Gott, John Gott can do it. I'm, I'm completely, I, I'm totally against this. He should never have done it. It was disgusting. And the league should have fined him for it and actually come out very strong statement against this type of action. Because now, what's going to happen the next time somebody does it? I know we have differencing opinions on this. Charles, go ahead. I can understand where you're coming from on this, but I'm going to bring a couple of points here. First of all, um, the league said they are going to be somewhat um, more lenient with allowing celebrations on touchdowns. Um, for second, next thing was he didn't somewhat take it from lenient. a random. Yes, yes, okay. He didn't take it from a random fan. It was actually his girlfriend that he took it from. Not that that makes any difference, but it it wasn't just some random fan. Uh, I'm sure that they told him, look, don't do this again. You can't do it. It was a celebration that was in the heat of the moment. I don't think it's something that he planned. I think it's just something that popped into his head. 
Uh, I don't think that they should allow him to do it, him or anyone else ever to do it again. But I think it's one of those situations where, again, it's heat of the moment. Um, I think they probably warned him, told him, don't do it again. I don't think on this one it deserved a fine because it wasn't something that was premeditated. You see a lot of these celebrations that are premeditated, and you know these guys work on it in practice. I think it's somewhat of a, uh, you know, a celebratory moment, and he just did it in the heat of battle. I'm sure he shouldn't do it again, and I'm sure he got warned. I, I just don't think it required a fine. I don't think it was that big a deal. Uh, it got the league a lot of publicity. Uh, people, um, you know, it could be good or bad. It was reminiscent of, um, to me, it was somewhat reminiscent back during the Vancouver Olympics where they had the, uh, I think it was the snowboarder, uh, John Montgomery walking through Whistler Village with a jug of beer. Now, of course, that's a little bit different. He wasn't in the middle of his event. This was after the event, after he had won a medal. But, again, I think I understand where you're coming from. I think you should be warned. I think they should probably put um, somewhat of a, um, a note out to all the teams that they can't do this. But as a one-time spur-of-the-moment thing, I don't think it deserved a fine. I think it deserved a warning. And the next guy that does it does a fine. But I don't think, I don't think it required a, a fine. Uh, I'm not saying he should have done it. Um, but, again, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. So I, I think they can let it go by on this one. I don't think it's that big a deal. And, um, you know, like I said, the next guy that does it, you can fine him. But uh, give him a warning and put out uh, to all the teams that this kind of behavior can't happen ever again. But they didn't do that. They didn't come out publicly and, and say that they should. They did not come out publicly and say this type of behavior is unacceptable in the CFL, and we're going to let this slide. Or you're getting a warning. Or there should have yeah. been some type of public discipline saying you're yeah. a bad boy. Don't do this again. And this type of behavior is unacceptable in the league, and we will not tolerate it in the future. Moving forward, this type of celebration is off limits. Did they yeah. do that? That I'm fine. No, they didn't. And did that they do I'm that? Fine. If they do that, they should do that. They didn't do that. They didn't. They just That's said, something they nah, we're do. not going to find John. It was okay. Yeah, this was cool. It was funny, you know, yeah. No, they didn't do that. They didn't come out and get, take a hard line, and they needed to. I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine with them coming out and taking a hard line and saying, don't do this again. Nobody in the league, this is, this is unacceptable behavior allowed in the CFL. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not finding him if the league did that. But that limp dick commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, doesn't do it again. He doesn't, take, he doesn't draw the line in the sand to the players. They're going to push him to the limit every time, and then he's just going to keep taking a step back and going, oh, I don't want to upset the thing. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to upset Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I don't want to. Red, but I don't, whatever, get over it. You're the commissioner. Act like one. Mark, what's your position on this? Um, I will take issue with one thing Charles said. That was definitely premeditated. If you watch it eh, off the maybe. if you watch it off the game feed when they show the full bit of it, he runs as soon as the play is over, he runs in a straight line to a woman who's already holding the beer can out. Yeah. 
That was one hundred percent. That part I didn't. That part I yeah. did not notice. So, and, yeah. and sorry, the woman. The woman was his girlfriend, according to the article. Yes. yes. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. And, and so that's fine. It, so she, it's pretty. It was her plan to do it. Yeah, it was his too. You know, it had to be. He got up and ran straight towards her. So, you know, should he? The optics are ridiculous considering Charleston Hughes. Yeah, no shit, eh? You know, the timing is horrible. I thought it was hilarious. I still do. Should it be stopped and stopped now? Yes, because who knows what's going to happen next with a celebration. Um, the optics it, it, are It's legal in Canada to smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. Can he run off to the sidelines and grab a joint from his girlfriend? <laughs> I, I, why not? It's legal. Probably not legal to smoke it inside the stadium, though. No. Open-air stadium? What's the problem? Can't do it here. <laughs> um, no, I agree with what you're saying. I see that. I see both sides of it. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, so it was fun. Yes. And, and yeah. disgusting at the same time. Just end it now. It's been done. It got the CFL a whole ton of exposure because it was all over ESPN and all the American sports networks. Sports Illustrated picked up on it and even tweeted it out. So it got the CFL a whole ton of exposure. And that's yeah, what it's is it all good about. exposure or does it matter? Yeah. Hey, if it gives people watching football, I guess it could be called good. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Will, what's your call on this one? Okay, I I think uh, I think he should be punished, and this is the way he should be punished. He should have to wear a bozo the clown costume for the rest of his uh, season. Okay, because I'm sorry, it's the goofiest, stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it makes the league look look like a a minor league and I think it's I just I, I thought it was just stupid. And so it's, many it's not people beer are league talking hockey. about it. It's it's not it's not the guys like our podcast. It's 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 supposed to be a professional league, okay? And and people were going on and on and about how great this is and it's like, are you kidding me? Really? I I I thought it was stupid, and I thought it was classless, and I think it's it's a brilliant move. It's what you would see in the minor leagues, okay? And if you ever want to take the CFL serious, you know it's just dumb. But typical. Well, I thought most offensive linemen were smarter than that, but John God is John God, okay? And uh, it happened. Should he be punished? I don't think so, but it makes the league look terrible in my mind. That's all. Okay. So be it. Last segment we have up here. BC Lions head coach, vice president of football operations, Wally Buono has coached his final home game on Saturday night. It is, I've got 
Oh, where is this? It's on the other page. Is he the best coach in CFL history? And what is his lasting legacy? Well, he's got the best record in sports history. He Does he have the most amount of Grey Cups? I think I as a coach, he probably does. He's, he's, is he tied he's with um, six. Don Matthews? I think that's a tie. They both have six. Right. But uh, Cal Murphy's got more rings, but I think they're more as a uh, president and general manager, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, I believe so, yes. But Wally also has two as a player, does he not? Oh, I don't believe he does. Uh, yeah, I, I believe he does have some as a player. Uh, yes, he hang does. on. 76 for sure. Yeah, with Montreal. Right. Seven, seven Grey Cups, yeah, 74. And 77. He's got two as a player. There you go. Yeah. He's got two as a player and then five as a coach. So he's got seven total. Don Matthews. We'll go look at the Don. And Don Matthews has five Grey Cups. As a head coach? Mm, good question. Because I believe he, he got five in his, as an assist, or four or five as an assistant in Edmonton before he came to the Lions and won one. Well, he he definitely won the uh, he won the Grey Cup in uh, with Baltimore. Yep. Okay, he okay, here's the teams. He won one with uh BC, he won two with Toronto, he won one with Baltimore, he won one with Montreal. So that's uh six, right? That's five. That's five. Five. That's five. Five. Yeah. So he as, as a head coach he's won five, as a head coach Wally won five. And they right. are tied they are tied for the most. There's nobody else in in their little thing. And now Wally Buono has 282 career wins. Don Matthews is in second with 231. Frank Clare at 147. Ron Lancaster at 142. Eagle Keys at 131. Uh, we do not have an active head coach with any amount of anywhere near this. John Huffnagel is the closest current uh, administrator with 102 and he has retired from coaching not saying that he won't come back at this point in time it does not look like he would so is Wally's record is this one of these records that will never be challenged you never say never but come on 282 career wins we only have 18 games in a season Mm mm-hmm 282 wins divided by 18 games in the season. Somebody would have to coach for 15 years and win every single game. It's not going to happen anymore because coaches are fired too fast now. Exactly. 
that's what I was going to say. The way they're uh, they're hired and fired, it just doesn't. Uh, uh, just uh, they don't. They're not around long enough. No. I, I mean, in, in reality, free agency is the biggest cause of that. You can't build a team and keep it forever. No, well, That's how did problem. Edmonton do it in the 70s? Salary caps. Salary cap and free agency. Yeah, yep. in the 70s, there was no salary cap. Yep. And so you just paid all your guys. You paid everybody what they wanted. Yep. That's why you never see dynasties in any sports nowadays, because of the salary cap and free agencies, players don't stay together, they don't stay on the same team, and a coach is constantly have to readjust because every year he's got a crop of new players he's got to build around. Here, here's an example. Chris Jones is the active coach with the most wins right now with 53. Mark wow. Tressman had 72, but he's been relieved of duty, so he's not really considered an active coach. Nobody's going to touch 282. No, they're not. Not a chance. So so is he the best coach in CFL history, Charles? Yes. I think for Mark? sure, by far. We're going to run this real fast. We've got some time to kill, yeah. so we'll come back to it, Charles. Mark, okay. best coach in CFL history? Yeah, you can make an argument for it. Are you taking that argument? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, who would you put up there close to him? Bud Grant. Bud Grant? Bud Grant. Wow, really? He went straight from playing for the Bombers, and I mean straight. He was playing for the Bombers one game, and then he was told the next game he was coaching. He has a very high um, victory percentage at 6.644. Mm-hmm. 102 wins to 56 losses. Uh, he didn't coach a long time because he, so he went to well, the he NFL. He went to the NFL and had a Hall of Fame career. Coached for nine years. Yeah. Nine years. And had a Hall of Fame career in the NFL as a coach. So he's in two halls, two halls of fame, or hall of fames, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. There's an argument you can make there. There's lots yeah, of arguments yeah. you can make for various coaches, but no, you can give it to him, especially say the modern era for sure. Well, is he the best coach in CFL history? You can't even talk about NFL then. Reality. Um, Will, what's your thoughts? Hands down, best coach ever. Best, best, best leader, best organization builder, best all around everything. He's he's left his he's left his footprints all over this league with a number of different players and coaches, no doubt about it. I didn't realize this till that thing in BC yesterday that he was coached by Marv Levy. Okay who's another Hall of Fame coach. Um, and he got a lot of his stuff from Marv Levy. But while he's did hands down, he's been in the league for 46 years. He must be doing something right. Yeah. 
I, I don't think there's any argument. No, none at all. I can't see one. I mean, he started in this league in 1972, the year after I started being a fan. He started playing. Most first place finishes by a head coach, 13. Most Grey Cup wins by a head coach, 5. And you know what the biggest thing is? The asterisks you should put on his whole thing? He's Canadian. Well, that's an argument. What do you mean that's an argument? He was born in Italy. He's Canadian. He was born in Italy. He's lived in he's lived in Canada most of his life. He's Canadian. Well, of course, he moved to Canada when he was 3 years old. Okay, he's Canadian. Okay? You you tell me other Canadians that are in the CFL that have got been in the positions he's been in. I don't show think me a, there is one. Show me a, co- a head coach in the CFL today that is a Canadian. Correct. Correct. Rick Campbell? Rick Campbell, is he is he a Canadian? Must be. Uh, Must Rick be. Campbell. His his dad was in the CFL coaching in the CFL when he was born. Yeah. I'm looking up Rick Campbell right now here. There's an author named Rick Campbell. That doesn't help me. That's better. CFL. Rick Campbell was born no, born in Spokane, Washington. There you go. There you go. So he's yeah. he's not a Canadian. Nope. So yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. Yep. Well, we got two minutes left in the game, in the show here. So, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? We're going into the playoffs. Yep. It's exciting. It's the real, exciting. The real season starts now. So Wednesday, Wednesday, we're going to do our first playoff show. Yep. We're going to pick the winners of two games. Hamilton Tiger Cats are hosting the BC Lions, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are hosting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Wow. Going to be a good weekend. Yeah, so a lot of people are pissed off that um, November 11th is Sunday, and the kickoff for the BC Lions game, actually not the kickoff, but the uh, 10 o'clock in the morning for some stupid reason. And uh, our our Remembrance Day ceremonies are at 11 o'clock. 11, an hour later. An hour later. So the the game is going to be going on right in the middle of the Remembrance Day ceremonies in Can- in Vancouver. That's kind Bad of upsetting idea. to some people. So anyhow, we'll talk about this on it Wednesday. Is what it is. Yep. This Talk CFL podcast, episode number two hundred and ninety-five. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and it has been a pleasure and an honor to discuss football with my esteemed colleagues, even though some of them didn't watch very many games this week. Uh, you guys take care, enjoy, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday to talk preview the playoffs. Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Mark. Good night, everybody. CJ, don't ever change. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's 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 who I am, bro. 
Uh, Will, come on in, buddy. Say good night. Good, good night, everybody. And CJ will never change. Why would I? It's what people I, love about I agree. this show. I mean, hey, I call them as I see them. I don't hold anything back. Okay? No I, kidding. I'm, I'm honest. I just say what I mean. Shit falls out of my mouth, and you know what? I, I don't ever look back at it. Okay, you guys have a great evening. Take care, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday.